every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. Shivani Demija Shivani Demija moved to Nova Scotia in 2011 to be with her partner. Armed with a diploma in public relations from Fanshawe College, she looked for a job. She tried various media and public relations companies, but didn't have any luck. But she's a very independent person who doesn't give up easily, so while waiting for her dream job, she started working wherever she could find work. She worked at McDonald's as a cashier, volunteered at the Lung Association of Nova Scotia, and then as a front desk person at the Canada Games Centre. It was there that a friend of Indian origin told her that an Indian trucker friend she knew was missing home-cooked food and wanted someone to make food for him to take on his trips. He was Shivani's first client and helped launch Halifax's first packaged Indian meal delivery service. Shivani initially called the company Homemade Tiffin but couldn't get the name registered. Then she realized she might have more luck with her own name. She applied to get Shivani's kitchen registered, and the rest is history. Taking a risk, Shivani created a Facebook page publicizing her mail delivery service and got a tremendous response. Then people wanted to learn to cook Indian food. The second line of business, cooking classes, started in 2015. Also that year, Shivani started joining farmer's markets. She realized that meeting clients and getting direct feedback became the roadmap to success. People said they loved the cooking classes, but found it difficult to find the spices to prepare the meals at home. Sensing a need, Shivani launched her spice blends in 2016 
initially on the shelves of Pete's Fruitique and Fine Foods, and in 2019 on the shelves of Sobeys Grocery Stores. In 2018, Shivani opened her takeout restaurant in the Seaport Farmer's Market. It was there that she honed her skills and experimented with new products. It was also there that she sensed a need for people to be able to recreate the restaurant's food in their own home, and she launched her ready-to-use sauces. Shivani closed the doors to her restaurant at the end of August 2020 to focus on her new venture, a food production plant. As of today, her products are on the shelves of many retail stores across Atlantic Canada and the United States. Shivani has an infectious sense of humor, which you'll hear, and you'll hear that her dog decided to join us, adding even more warmth to the episode. Shivani hails from Windsor, Nova Scotia, about 45 minutes outside of Halifax. Okay, so let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey. You know, where did the idea come from and what prompted you to go into business for yourself? I always uh, tell that my mom is my biggest influencer. I used to see her when I was a kid, like four years, five years. She used to hold my hands and take me to knock, knock every door in the neighborhood. And I used to hate it. And, but she used to tell me, oh, I'll get you an ice cream after this. Oh, I'll, <laughs> you'll get to watch your favorite TV show after this. So that was my like, okay, I have to go. And I, and in India, it used to be hot at 3 p.m. traveling around in the neighborhood. I, I never liked it. My mom used to sell clothes and she used to make hand embroidery clothes. And she used to sell those. She used to make jewelry and everything. So she used to knock door to door. We were from an okay family. We were a middle-class family. My dad was an engineer, but I think she had seen her father and she, so she wanted to do something by herself. And she used to live in a very small town and she wanted to spend her time. So that's what she started doing. And I have never seen her sitting idle and doing nothing. So I've always seen her like a workaholic. <laughs> you took marketing in school. Uh, you and I um, are alumni from Fanshawe College in London, Ontario. That played a big part, I think, in you starting your own business was you had that background, correct? It did. It did. I am so happy that I went to Fanshawe. I come from India again. Uh, so my English was very different from what I, the, what Canadians speak over here or what Canadians write over here. So my writing skills were not great. So I still remember uh, Professor Jeff, he told me my English was not good. So he told me, why don't you write articles in the newspaper? And I was like, my English is not right. And you want me to write articles in newspaper? He said, yes. And I, and I was an immigrant, so I used to get $20 every article. That was a lot of money for me. $20 is like 1,000 rupees. So all those skills which I got from Fanshawe, those marketing, those press releases, those graphic designing, they helped me in my business. Uh, no one in Halifax, like all the small businesses, we know how to do hard work. Uh, but the lacking part is the marketing. So even if I open let's say a hundred thousand restaurant and I have a beautiful restaurant, but if I don't market it properly, 
no one is going to come to my restaurant. So I would rather make a $20,000 restaurant and put 20000 in the marketing stuff so that people come to my $20,000 restaurant. You see the value in the marketing. I when do. you graduated from Fanshawe, though, it was difficult to find a job, correct? It was. I came to Halifax that time. My boyfriend was here in Halifax. So I did my diploma. I came here and I started looking for jobs. But uh, uh, there were a lot of difficulties. One is that I didn't have an experience, Canadian experience. Um, second, MSVU is here. So they used to get fresh graduates uh, of public relations uh, from MSVU. And my skills were going kind of backdated. It took like six months, seven months, and I was not getting a job. Actually, I would like to tell you a story in this. Uh, there's a small retail store over here. I won't say their name. I went for an interview over there for a retail customer service. And this is back in 2012 or 11. I went there. I did not get selected. And I was shocked. Like, Today, when I was walking down the aisle of Walmart or somewhere, I was like, I did not even get a job of a retail, like a customer service person who scans the barcode items. I cannot believe like 2012, I did not get even that job. But I was proud of myself when uh, they are actually the same uh, retail company is going to publish an article on me. So that retail company, they did not give me a job. So, wow, what a legacy you've built for yourself. <laughs> from not even getting hired at the place to actually now they want to profile you for their company. You touched on a little bit. What have been some of the other obstacles and challenges that you want to talk about that rural entrepreneurs and, and, and immigrants face when going into business for themselves? Rural entrepreneurs face one of the biggest problems is internet. That's one of the biggest challenge, uh, traveling. Hiring, uh, hiring labor. I don't get like I have a position for a marketing person and to to work in my kitchen for almost two months. I haven't hired yet. I haven't got any person. So that is the biggest challenge for us. Then internet. I cannot go and work in the rural area on like computer and work like talk to my clients. I have to come to Halifax and then work. So those are like few of the biggest challenges. As an immigrant, there's a lot of difference, like cultural difference. Like today morning, my brother, my cousin, he was asking me, so do, do you hang around a, a lot with uh, Canadian friends? So I said, no, I don't. And uh, um, I just hang around with my own community. I It's been 10 years and I still, I still don't understand uh, the culture, like I do understand the culture, but I'm not sure what should I talk to you. And sometimes I have to call someone, like someone who's really close to me and ask, like, how do I talk to this person? How do I start communicating with it? So all the immigrants, they face this as a biggest challenge. Even in Fanshawe, I did not even make one single friend in Fanshawe. It was all my immigrant people because we were all scared. <laughs> so we made our own community. Well, so, okay. So, so let's talk place. about that. So what would have made the difference for you and or what would make the difference? Is it that rural women or or even just Canadian women in groups actually extended a hand or picked up the phone and called you and said, how, you know, how can we help you? Is that, would that have helped? 
it would have helped a lot especially during the like when i came initially it would have helped me a lot if someone would have said like they did say come shivani like we used to go out in groups but again i didn't know what to talk to i was kind of a leftover person i remember we went to jackasters a new person doesn't even know what jackasters is but they had and it's not and that's okay like they have something let's say they're talking about hollywood they know all the actors and actresses me living here for 10 years i still don't know who who is who uh, ask me any question about bollywood i can answer that and that's what the difference is i think a little bit on my side i should have been more educated of the culture and understood the culture and tried a little harder to kind of understand what hockey is i still don't understand <laughs> it or still don't understand like when people talk uh, oh my god i i just totally forgot when people like take chicken wings and bowling no super bowl super yes. bowl football super bowl night and yes people talk about it and i was i'm like i'm like why are they crazy about super bowls <laughs> i have no idea i think i sh- it should have been a little bit effort from my side and some if someone would have educated me with these things i would have a common topic too. well that's lovely that you have said you know that, that you should what you should have done but i think also what we can do uh or what we in general people can do is actually ask you questions about your own culture so that we actually learn so you know explain to me the the hysteria around bollywood and you know talk to me about the food that you make and eat and and what do you do when you get together with your family for special what are the special occasions where you get together with your family if if somebody would have asked you those questions that would have made you feel more included if you have someone in your group that that wasn't born in canada how about asking them a few questions about themselves that's not mm-hmm. really hard and and that is using privilege to include and connect and bring people into the fold yeah yeah you're absolutely right shana well and you know what it's learning for everyone rural communities are notorious for being cliquey and you know very tight knit and people were born there and grew up there and and all of those things so when you're new to a small community it's difficult to break into that so i think we all need to be conscious of that it is difficult um, again like we we do a lot of farmers markets and initially it was a lot of teaching to the people what is indian food and if they know indian food they only know that it is spicy and educating a lot of it so and especially in nova scotia there's not like i i remember 10 years ago we we didn't find even our community stuff like my normal food like paneer we didn't find anywhere over here but now in halifax there are like eight indian stores so now it's okay we used to go to toronto to get paneer <laughs> and our suitcases used to be completely empty we used to go to toronto fill all the good indian food items and then we used to come back over here <laughs> from that we we have come a long way over here in the spirit of of that of of educating why don't you talk about some of your most popular spices or some of the things that people ask you about at farmers markets so that people can actually learn a bit about indian food on this podcast 
I have always seen my mom to making garam masala is a very important ingredient in any Indian food and every region has their own garam masala. So my mom, every time she, if she, we used to eat a lot of vegetarian food at home. Uh, she didn't eat a lot of non-veg food. If, if we have to eat chicken or something, it's always going outside and then enjoying their food. I used to see that every time she used to make fresh garam masala at home and never buy anything from outside and then making the fresh food. Over here, I there was a lot of explanation that if you want to have good Indian food, like curry spice, um, is okay. It is just a base of Indian spice, Indian food. But you need to have a good garam masala to make a really good food. And I tell this in every interview, every ad that you need a good garam masala. Actually, the word curry in back home for me, curry means gravy. So I I didn't know what was curry spice. I for us uh, it is the base of Indian food is salt, turmeric. Uh, coriander powder, to, uh, did I say turmeric? A uh, red chili powder. That's like the base. And then if you want to add any whole spices, when I say whole spices, it means like chickpea curry might be bay leaves and black cardamom. No? Butter chicken is uh, uh, fenugreek leaves. Oh, let's not go to butter chicken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's go for the easy dish. <laughs> Different whole spices we use to grind it and we put it. So curry, the concept, I understood only when I came over here. And then I tasted a lot of curries. And then I was like, oh, this I have I have eaten this all my whole my life. It is just base of Indian food. Garam masala is the key to your good food. And actually, um, a lot of explanation. I, I, I still remember when I used to do initially farmer's markets. I used to speak so much. <laughs> and when I used to go to trade shows, me and my husband were exhausted by the end of the day because we have to do so much explanation about what this spice is, what butter chicken spice is, what vindaloo is. We had to explain so much that my mouth used to really <laughs> like get tired and we used to get exhausted. And we used to see all those bakery people, they're not speaking anything and they're selling. It's just a lot of education from our side. Understandable. Yeah. And it's great that, you, that, that you're giving us that education and your customers because then they come back, right? That That's the beauty of it is, oh, I, I ask you questions and you're actually going to answer. And that's part of being an entrepreneur, I think. I think I know the answer to this question, but who is who are your influences? Who and what are your influences and inspirations? <laughs> I think I already told my mom is my biggest influencer in every interview. I don't know what I would have done if she wasn't there. Like my family is a big support, even my kids. And there's a story behind it. I'll, I'll share. It's a funny story. Uh, I had to go for an event. So I, I dropped my kids to my friend's house. My friends, uh, like there were like few other couples and they were talking among each other and the kids were playing and they spoke about Ashley Furniture. Um, it's a store and Ashley Furniture is a store which gives furniture. And they spoke about Ashley Furniture and my elder one, he's eight year old. He's going to turn eight year old. He went there and he said, uncle. So everyone who we know is uncle okay. for us. If he's an elder, he's an uncle for us. So he went there and he said, uncle, uh, does, does Ashley Furniture carry 
Shivani is ready to use sauce. And uncle was like all shocked. Like, how can an eight-year-old ask this question? And he he said, uh, no, no, uh, they don't because they're a furniture store. And he then he asked again, do you think they will carry Shivani's ready-to-use sauce? And, <laughs> and uncle was shocked. As soon as they met me, they're like, Shivani, they are following your footsteps. And I never talk to my kids about business. I never do. I'm actually like, I'm like, don't disturb me. <laughs> Stay away from me. How do you balance work and family? Because I think that that is a unique thing with entrepreneurs, uh, especially women, let's face it, that, you know, you balance your family and your business. So how do you do that? It is very difficult. I have so many stories. I think by the end of the day, you have a lot of stories. So today morning, I, I just asked one of my friends, can you, can you send her little son to play with my little one? So she said, oh, he, and this was like 10 o'clock in the morning. She said, he's still sleeping. <laughs> And uh, I just wish I could sleep that until that time, <laughs> 10 a.m. I get exhausted. And I definitely cannot be like what my mom used to do, like prepare fresh breakfast, fresh lunch, fresh dinner. There's a lot of frozen food coming to my house, a lot of takeouts. <laughs> but every Saturday, I make sure I am home and I make fresh breakfast for my kids. And I am there for to make for their lunch and to make for their dinner. Every Saturday, I make sure that I'm home. That's my time with my kids. I don't even care about my husband. He has to adjust with me. <laughs> well, how, how long have you been married? Just, just so we know, how long? I think nine years. Wow. Yes, nine years. Amazing. And, and did, yeah. you meet, did you meet at school, like at Fanshawe, or where did you meet? How we met was internet. Um, his name, Abhishek, is a very popular name back in there. Like, there are like five Abhisheks. So, I was just uh, during those times, 11 or 12 years ago, I was just forwarding an email to this Abhishek, but it went to this Abhishek, <laughs> like to my yeah. husband. And, and from there, he asked, How are you? And then I said, How are you? And then the, we had only like spoken once. That's why I had his email address in my gmail account but so that was one mistake and that mistake connected us and now we are wow, here wow that's a great story so what advice do you have for burgeoning female entrepreneurs and 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 perhaps immigrant entrepreneurs that are you know they have an idea they're kind of scared you know they don't want to leave their full-time job or maybe they don't even they don't have any money or resources. What What would be your advice to them? I, I didn't have money when I started my business and I started with very small. Keep some backup. I would always suggest like, uh, especially with the COVID-19, I learned that my husband had actually left his job just two or three months ago to help me with my business and COVID-19 came and everything shut down. We had no money to like live or survive or anything. So that was a big mistake, I, I feel. And now I, I'll tell every entrepreneur that even if you are making million dollars, <laughs> the second person should always have a job. You never know when the business is going to crash. So COVID-19 taught me that. Don't give up. I speak to my cousin every day. 
And I, I'll tell you, three times a week I cry. I cry that I'm giving up, I'm closing this business, no one likes me, and no one wants my product, I'm trying my best. And then I text him and then he calls me back and he says like, well, and then he explains to me for one hour that you cannot give up. So I know it's frustrating. No one wants to buy your product or no one wants to do this. You're doing so much hard work and you, you deserve it. But uh, just a few minutes ago, I told you a story. Remember, uh, the retail store did not give me even a job. But today they are publishing a story on me. So the results will come. It's going to be a long journey, but keep Let's stay there. I love that. Okay. So one thing that they can do today to get started on their journey, what's one thing they can do? Research your market, understand it, and then, then take the step. Start with very small. Don't, you don't need to start big unless you have like million of dollars in your back. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add? Ask your family for support. If you have any problems talk to them there are uh, being a small business owner i i always see that i keep five things in my mind and i forget to tell my husband or my so but now as to what i've started doing is if i'm taking too much stress about two challenges going on right now today i will i will take an advice from him i'll tell him what's going on in my life so ask the support from him or your brother or your from your family they will support you they love you a lot they will say don't do it but they they ha they are your spinal cord <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story today shivani it's very inspiring and i really appreciate your time today thank you If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine a Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Thames Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 